Thank you, Brian, and thank you, Rick, for reading earlier. As the choir joins us, uh, uh, thank you guys for your wonderful, wonderful uh, worship and music this morning. Today is our fourth week in our study on 1 Corinthians chapters 12 and 13. And as Paul writes to the church in Corinth, again, we've talked about he's addressing a number of problems in the church. And in chapter 12, he's discussing the way that the church functions as a body. We discussed last week how the church needs to be unified. And at the same time, each person is functioning in a different sort of way. And you say, well, how does that work? Or how do we work together and yet function in different ways? It might be a little hard to grasp that concept. We're unified as one, and yet we're diverse in function. This might seem like the opposite, right? But somehow both can be true. In today's text, Paul uses an analogy to help us with this truth. In other words, Paul takes something that we understand and relates it to how we function as a church. He's he's describing a physical body. Now, we all have bodies, right? We understand how bodies work. Some maybe understand it a little bit more than others, but we all understand it on some level. So let's dig into this analogy together. Let me invite you to find a Bible and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to be looking at verses 15 through 26. I'll not read the entire passage at one time. Uh, Rather, we'll read a little bit as we go along. So let's work through this passage together. Let's start in verse 15. Here Paul is speaking about two parts of the body, hands and feet. Now, hands and feet do not talk, right? So you might envision as we read these words, maybe even cartoon characters of hands and feet actually speaking to one another. Look at what Paul says. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. Now, it's worth noting that these two parts of the body Our hands and our feet are somewhat similar, aren't they? They're both extremities that are incredibly useful. Our feet help us walk, right? Or run or pedal. Our hands give us the ability to type or eat or write or clean or work. You could go on and on about all the things that your hands help you do. We could certainly survive without our feet and our hands, but it would be a challenge, wouldn't it? Feet and hands serve very different purposes. They don't compete with one another. And we really need both our feet and our hands to function. It might seem ridiculous for the feet or the foot to discredit a hand, right? That's an image, though, that Paul has before us here. I think that the first readers of this text would have found Paul's words somewhat humorous. Feet and hands talking. And then in verse 16, he says, And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. Now he's talking about, he's talked about hands and feet. Now he's talking about ears and eyes. Again, they're talking to each other. You might say, well, hands and feet are kind of equal, right? They kind of do the same thing. And you might even say that your eyes and your ears, even though they serve different purposes, they might be equal parts of the body. The ear allows for audio input, right? The eye for visual input. I don't know if you ever played the game, would you rather? Did you ever ask yourself the question, would you rather be blind or deaf, right? 
and you might debate that, or in a youth group setting, you might debate which one you would rather be. But the point is, we don't want to be either, right? Because we know that both parts help us to function. And Paul says in both verses 15 and 16, even if these parts of the body discredit each other, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. In other words, parts of the body cannot disassociate themselves from the body. All are a part of the body. They don't compete with each other. They don't put one another down. Again, this would be absurd, wouldn't it? It would be ridiculous to think of this. You see what Paul's doing with this? You see where he's going here? You see what he's trying to say? People in the church in Corinth are competing, aren't they? They're competing for recognition. They're saying that others are playing a particular role. It's not as important as the role that I'm playing. And Paul is addressing this here. Paul wants them to know that they don't have the power to remove another part of the body. Paul begins by asking these rhetorical questions. And then he applies the analogy. Verse 17, he brings an additional part of the body and Look what he says. And if the whole body were an eye... Where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? See, the point is that all members of the body have a function. And if we were missing one of those functions, we would be inadequate on some level, right? And we don't have to ask, would we rather be blind or deaf or lose our sense of smell? All parts of the body are important to the body functioning, to being healthy. You with me so far? These cartoon images of hands and feet talking to each other, discounting the other's uh, contribution. These cartoon images of the eye or ear or nose talking to each other, discounting the other's contribution to the body. It's silly, isn't it? It's absurd. It just doesn't make sense. But Paul has a point, and he begins to relate it to the church here in verse 18. But in fact... God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. In other words, God created us. God created our bodies, certainly. But God has also placed our body parts of the church together to form the church body. And we could expand on other parts of the body here, but we'll stick to Paul's examples for now. Let's go to verse 19. If they were all one part, where would the body be? In other words, these parts all have different functions, various functions. They don't compete with one another. In fact, they all work together to help the body be healthy. Now, we could draw this out in almost any physical activity that we do. And many of you know that I like to ride mountain bikes, as well as a few of you here that ride with me. Steve, Mike, I don't see Bert in here. There might be a few others that ride. So I'm going to draw this out in terms of riding a mountain bike, okay? Now, before I say that, I do want to tell you that I'm the slowest one in the bunch. I've been thinking about getting a t-shirt made that says, Last One. So that when other, we pass other riders, I'm always the one at the end of the line that says, Last One, right? My excuse is that I spent too much time in Indiana and Illinois uh, in flatlands. But we ride a mountain bike. My legs and feet work to power the bike, right? My hands steer and change gears. My eyes let me know where to go, and my ears allow me to hear others in the group telling me left or right so that I don't get lost. The shape and function of each part of the body is perfect for the job. 
They don't compete or attempt to discredit one another. In fact, they work together so that my body can avoid injury. It doesn't always do that, but it does its best. I love how Paul highlights God's role in designing our bodies. Not only our physical bodies, but the church body. God gives us just what we need to function. Let's keep going in the passage. Verse 20, Paul gets back to the point we highlighted last week. He says, as it is, there are many parts but one body. Many parts, one body. The the Corinthians seem to have forgotten this. They've missed the fact that they need to work together in different ways to be the body of Christ. And in verse 21, Paul goes back to the talking body parts again. But this time, there are different parts. Let's read together verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Now, did you notice in verse 21 which parts of the body are talking now and, and, and who they're addressing, right? The eye is now speaking not to the ear, but to the what? Make sure you're awake here. Say it. Hand. Yeah, that's right. You, gotta, you guys have to participate because i got to make sure you're not going to sleep. And the head is speaking to the what? Feet. And they're both saying, I don't need you. Now in verses 15 and 16, we had kind of equal parts of the body speaking to one another. But in verse 21, it seems that the more or the, the perceived more important parts are speaking down to the other. You, you might make the case that your eyes are more important than your hands, right? And you might make the case that your head is more important than your feet. And so maybe Paul is describing members of the church who think that they're more important, saying to the lesser important members, I don't need you. We saw this dynamic in chapter 10 where the wealthier members of the church are feasting at the Lord's Supper, excluding the poorer members of the congregation. But here Paul extends the imagery to spiritual gifts. Maybe the Sunday school teacher feels that her service is more important than the cook who is preparing a meal for a funeral dinner. Maybe the board member feels that his service is more important than the steward who visits a special member. But Paul is emphasizing the importance of every part of the body so the body can function and be healthy and be safe. Paul continues with the imagery to make his point. Look at verse 22 with me. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. See, contrary to thinking, we, don't, we, we might think, well, we don't really need the weaker parts. Paul shows us that the weaker parts are really important. He goes on into verse 23. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. I, I love how Paul draws this analogy out, don't you? There are parts of the body that might not seem as important as our eyes or hands or feet or ears or head or hearts or liver. You could go on with all the different parts, right? But think about those unpresentable parts, Paul says. We treat them with special modesty. In other words, they get special treatment. And then Paul brings us back to God's design here. The way that God designed both our physical bodies and the church body in verse 24. He says, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. 
And then Paul brings it home in verse 25. So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. No division, one body. And, and each part should have equal concern for the other parts, he says. Again, Paul is correcting the notion that some parts of the body are more important than the other. And then in verse 26, he says, If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. And if one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. And we have a little trouble understanding this dynamic with our physical bodies, don't we? Have you ever been injured? You know that every part matters if you injure one part of your body. When I came to Muncie in 2008, I broke my ankle in just the first few weeks of my pastorate. I was out running one day and my, my foot kind of came off the sidewalk and twisted my ankle and snapped it. And so I had to wear a boot. Have you ever had to wear a boot? Anybody raise your hand if you had to wear a boot. Not fun, is it? And I started noticing... And I'm kind of stubborn. I didn't want to use the crutches, right? So I would just keep hobbling along on my boot. And pretty soon, my hip began to hurt, right? Because my hip is compensating for my, my ankle. And then, after a while, my back began to hurt from wearing this boot. You, you know, you see how they all work together, right? And if you're a doctor, you probably know how all of these parts work. I just know that my back started hurting, right? My hip started hurting because my ankle was incapacitated. And you see, that's how it works, and that's what Paul is getting at here. We could discuss all kinds of connections in our body, but the point is this. Our body parts work together for health. And Paul uses the, these dynamics to tell the church at Corinth, you're not a healthy body, you're dysfunctional. And some parts of the body are messing up and not serving, and the body itself is suffering. So what do we do with this passage, you might say? Why are we talking about this in 2023 in Canandaigua, New York, at the United Church? And I think there are a few truths that are important here that we can pull from this text and we can apply to our setting today. I think the one that is most important is that we understand that God's the one in charge here. He made us, right? He made our physical bodies, but he also brought us together as a church body. Now think about this for just a moment. Not just everybody who's sitting in this room, but if we took everybody who ever comes to this church and we put them in the room, we would understand that some of us have moved here uh, to Canandaigua from other parts of the country, right? Others of us have grown up in Canandaigua, have been here all of our lives. We came into this body at different times and places, but right now on this day, this is the body of Christ gathered in this place, right? And God did that. He brought us here. And some of you, didn't. if you would have said 10 years ago, are you going to be in Canandaigua, New York? You would have said, I don't think so, right? But you're here, and you're part of this body, and God brought us here and in the same way that God has designed our physical bodies he has designed this church body for the particular calling that he has done that he is going to do here in this church body verse 24 says but God has put the body together and he's put us together secondly we learn from this passage that all of us contribute to either the health or the dysfunction of the body you see God has gifted each of us He's created us. He's gifted us. He's called us to serve him in this body. And if we say, you know, I'm not really going to use that gift that God has given me, then you are a body part that is dysfunctional. You're a body part that's causing other body parts to suffer. He says in verse 26, if one suffers, or if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. And at the same time, 
if we use our God-ordained gifts in the congregation, everybody benefits from it. He also says in verse 26, if one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. In other words, like the high school musical, we are all in this together, right? We need all the body parts to be healthy, to function in the way that God has designed us to function. I wonder, how might God be calling you this morning to be the body of Christ? Has he gifted you? In what ways might he be calling you to serve with those gifts that he's given you? And how will your function build up the body of Christ, making it healthy and strong? I ask you to consider that this morning as we talk about spiritual gifts. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you this morning for the opportunity to be here in this place. God, I thank you for each part of the body that's not only present here in this service today, but is a part of this church family. God, we thank you for bringing each one here. Help us to discern together what parts of the body we are and how we are to function. And may we be healthy and may we be strong. And may each part of the body rejoice as other parts participate. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.